Well, good day to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome back into another edition of Strategies for Living. I'm marriage and family therapist David McMillan. I'm delighted that you've tuned in, joined with me today here on Strategies. Strategies for Living? Well, we're all about helping us live healthier, happier, and more peaceful lives in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits, in our relationships here in the 21st century. Now, we do that by engaging in important conversations with folks we like to we like to call them life strategists each and every time that we do strategies for living and i think we've got a very very important subject today therefore a very important life strategist we are going to talk about change ability we are going to talk with sharon wild and uh she has uh, she has a couple of books out she's got change ability She's got the Changeability Playbook. She is the acclaimed author of Donnie and Ursula, Save the World. And uh, she's long engaged in conversation about courage and change as an author and activist, award-winning filmmaker, and somatic educator. And uh, we are delighted that she is our life strategist today here on Strategies for Living. Sharon, welcome. Oh, thank you, David. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. Well, I'm happy. But, you know, uh, change, what a topic for us to to, uh, to tackle today. I know. It's everywhere and all the time. Yeah, life is, isn't it? Yes. And yet, and yet we, we so resist it, don't we? <laughs> uh, we don't like it. We, we want things to stay the way they are. Why, why, do, why is that, Sharon? Well, first of all, the nature of this life is that things are always changing all the time, right? In, in subtle ways, in larger ways, from breath to breath, from moment to moment. Yeah, we're a different person singularly each, 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 each time. If we go to bed, we wake up singularly a different person. That's right. We may That's not right. be able to 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 experience that fully, but if we if we could if we could do biological testing every morning on us, we would see that, wouldn't we? That's right. Our blood levels, you know, blood chemistry is slightly different every day or different times of the day. You know, sometimes you walk by yourself and you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you look a little different than you did earlier in the day. Yeah, here in Louisiana we say who dat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right, and it's a constant. It's a constant uh, moving change. But why do we resist change? Because change hurls us into the unknown, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we like to know what's going to happen now and next, and uh, life really is not set up that way. Even though we try our hardest to um, do what we can to keep it so. So changeability then. You say it's the ability to effectively navigate this thing called change. Um, and you have, you have seven principles that I think you introduce them very early in the book Changeability. And we're talking about both books today. We're talking about Changeability, and then you came out with the Changeability Playbook. Did you come out with these together, or did, the, 
did did no first so so uh, the whole topic of changeability is based on a podcast that I do called Passing for Normal conversations with artists, activists, and awakeners about seeding change in the world, because I was interested in this topic about how do people effectively work with change and meet change, and um, I spoke to a number of people who I consider to be very interesting change makers across a number of fields, and I started to hear things in common about how they approach change, how they work with change, and based on our conversations, I arrived at these seven principles that are, are common to all change situations or need to be present okay. in all change situations. All right. Would you like me to spell them out? I would when we come back from our break because we need to, uh, we need to stop and pay some bills. You know, you got to do that occasionally. It's, all the time. Yeah. But uh, when we come back, Sharon Weil will dive in to the uh, seven principles for change. We're talking about changeability, how artists, activists, and awakeners navigate change, and how you and I can too. We're also talking about the changeability playbook, how to navigate your own change. We've got a lot to do today. We've got a big task ahead for our life strategist, Sharon Weil, today, but she's up to it. So stay right where you are. Come back with us. Much more strategies for living. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back into Strategies for Living. I'm marriage and family therapist David McMillan. Sharon Weil is uh, our life strategist today, and I tell you what, I think we got a, a couple of books here that uh, really, really, really need to be in your uh, in your library. But they don't just need to be in your library. You need to read these things. Changeability: How artists, activists, and awakeners navigate change, and uh, that's out from Archer, of course. And, uh, and then, also out from Archer, is the Changeability Playbook, and it's how to navigate your, your own change. And uh, you can get it, Sharon, at your favorite bookseller. Uh, you, you, do you have an online presence also that people may want to tune into? I have an online presence. My website is Sharon Weil Author, so S H A R O N W E I L Author dot com, where you can find out about these books and the podcasts that I do and other activities that I'm involved with. Um, and you can find the book through uh, your local independent bookstore, through larger booksellers, uh, online on Amazon. Uh, the book, the playbook, and also there's a wonderful deck of reflection cards called the Changeability Deck, which um, has different questions on each card that you can pick each day to sort of help you reframe how you're thinking about a particular change that you're in at the moment. Fantastic. They didn't send me one of those deck of cards. You're going to have to I'll do that. I'll send you oh, one. Oh, all right. I'll send you one. <laughs> we, should, we should be playing today, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be. We could. So, um, so the seven principles for change, uh, let's, let's talk about those and navigate through those. 
Right. So, you know, the purpose of changeability and this whole idea of changeability is how can we increase our flexibility, our adaptability in the face of constantly moving change? Right. So what are the tools that we can use to help us meet change, reframe how we think about change? Because sometimes that's what it takes is that, you know, we get stuck in a particular way of thinking and especially when this change triggers our survival circuits, like our job, our income, our relationships, or when it, um, our health, right? We go, there's a lot of emotion that comes in that keeps us from being able to think clearly or reframe how we think. And so using these tools, the seven principles, um, helps us to have a, have a, a different perspective. And I look at these seven principles as a wheel or a template that you can put on top of any change that you're going through okay. and ask yourself, are all of these present? And if not, do I need more of one of them? And so the seven principles are the first one is bring awareness, which speaks to what is the nature of the change that I'm in? Am I even aware that there's a change happening, that there needs to be one? So the, so the beginning of any change journey has to do with bring awareness. So it's tuning in and consciousness. Tuning in, consciousness, awareness, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the second one is listen deeply. You know, our world is constantly giving us feedback about our effectiveness in about our actions or about what right. needs to happen. Right. Whether it's whether it's things that your friends are telling you or whether it's um, you're in a business and the strategies that you're uh, employing are not working. Um, you know, failure actually is a very good feedback if we could just look at it as feedback as to whether your strategies are working or not. Yes. Um, so what is my world telling me about the need for change? It's time for change. It's not time for change. And maybe about the nature of the change that needs to happen. Right. The third one is find community, and by that I mean find support. Mm. Get help. Yeah. Experts, friends, research, like-minded people, especially in times of change, oftentimes people tend to uh, uh, isolate. isolate. Yeah, so don't do it alone. Don't do anything alone. Yeah. We're not meant to do and I don't know where this idea comes from that we have to do things alone or on our own. We're not we're we're a communal people. We're a tribal people. You know. Uh, well, I think you know. I think John Wayne has a. Well, let's blame him. Okay, let's blame, <laughs> let's blame John Wayne. Let's blame the Duke because he, you know, he's he's a model of okay. The you know the the Western go it alone. Sheriff rides in by himself. Rides out by himself. I mean, okay, may as well blame John. Let's blame John, but really we're not meant to um, do anything by ourselves, and no. especially in times of change when we're feeling vulnerable or unsure. Find community. Very important. Yes, yes. The next one is proceed incrementally, which means little by little, step by step. So all you know, change moves that way. All, all change is incremental. All change is incremental, whether you want to – whether you want to see it in the, you could see it in a large sweeping movement, but if you really look carefully, it's, it moves 
incrementally. And when we say incrementally, I don't necessarily mean that it moves in a straight line. Oh, never. You know, how it very rarely does. In fact, I, a lot of times in my counseling room, I'll put on the whiteboard. You know, it's funny because our our minds uh, are linear. We do a lot of linear thinking. So I see point A and I see point B, and the mind just naturally draws a straight line, right? Yes. Well, but it doesn't happen that way. And I draw another line underneath my whiteboard, and I say, this is the, this is the real thing. Uh, forward, back, forward, back, forward, back. So it's a very unstraight line. It's a forward, yeah, forward, forward back, back, forward, forward back, back, forward, forward. Or, yeah. or it can move in spirals. That's right. right? That's right. Where it feels like, oh, my gosh, I'm circling back. I'm yeah. circling back. But you're yeah. not because you can, because of the nature of change and the nature that it's always moving, you can never exactly come back to the same place. Right. So even if it seems like you're circling around, you're doing another rung of it, whether you feel like that rung is going upward or whether you feel like that rung is spiraling downward. It's more of a spiral, or yes. it's like a snake. It's like a meandering. Mm. You know, I, I use the analogy of a river a lot to talk about the movement of change. Yes. And that because sometimes the river is moving, like, so fast it's going to catch you in the current, and sometimes it's moving so slowly that you feel like it's, it, it actually is stagnant and, you know, funky things start to grow in there. Um, but it also... It, it moves incrementally. It reshapes the bank incrementally over time, right? If you're right. if you're thinking about crossing the river, you know you can think about incremental steps as those as those stepping stones that you use to cross the river, right? You know you go one step, one step, one step, one step, and the and the and the nice thing about looking at the incremental movement of change is that at every point in that change. You have the opportunity to listen deeply and to assess, am I being effective in my strategy for this change or in my response to this change? And you can make a course correction. Yeah. And, and in the next one, I, I, I'm, I really love, you say, align with nature because nature is change. And that's so right on, the tides, the seasons, the, the weather. I mean, here in Louisiana, where I am, you know, you don't like the weather, you know, it, it, hang around a, a little bit. It may change in five minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, yeah. right, right. You know, it's a, it's a silly notion that we humans have that we're separate from nature, right? That yeah. we have our own human nature and it's separate from the larger. We, we are nature. We're a we system. Are. We're a system within a massive system, within, within a, other systems. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and sometimes when you know a lot of people go out into nature to get to get inspiration to get relaxation right just being by the water just being in the big trees just looking at the big sky i mean look at look at how many people are going to go someplace for this event of the solar eclipse right yeah when we're, we're taping this this we'll broadcast this past the solar eclipse where we're ta as we're taping it this program uh, everybody's just so fired up about seeing the solar eclipse. Yeah. Right, and so the effects the effects that we feel, the changes that we feel when we really align with the resonance of nature and especially the resonance of water. But it's really helpful, especially if you're stuck in in a change or you feel like you don't know what to do or you feel like it's not moving, to ask yourself, how does nature do it? 
Hmm. How does this tree stand there for 2,000 years without falling over? What's its strategy? Yeah. You know, what's the bird strategy when they migrate and they return? Like, what are these different species? They've been doing it for a really long time. Uh, Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what can I learn from the way that nature approaches its nature of change? Hmm. And how can that inform me? You know, and also, like you talk about the seasons. When When I start a project, when I, let's say, I bring out a book, I try to align it with the seasons. I don't bring it out in the winter when everyone is supposed to be hibernating and all the energies are kind of pulled in. Yeah. I try to bring it out in the spring. Yeah. When new life is growing, let it ripen over the summer like a piece of beautiful fruit. You harvest in the fall. Oh, yeah. And then you go back down in for the winter for more contemplation, for more gathering. Aligning, it's, yeah, aligning with nature. That's wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, it's a real guide. It's a real helpful guide. The next one is so important, too. They're all important. They're, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that one's more important than the other. They're one, not supposed to be. One yeah. is not. They're supposed to. They all work together. They all work together. No one is pulled out, isolated. They all work together. But this one, yeah. next one resonated with me because, you know, maybe because of the work that I do, because when people come to see me, a lot of times, if they're depressed or they're anxious or they're having marital issues or whatever's going on that leads them into my office, one of the big things is hope is lost. One of my jobs in the first session is to uh, take my hypodermic and shove shove a, a, a you know a hypodermic full of hope into their behinds. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, in the reflection cards, the changeability deck, the cards that speak to have hope. The next line is, "Without it, I wouldn't even try." Mm-hmm. So hope is necessary in order for us. It, it, it literally lifts us like helium. It lifts us into possibility. You know, the realm of hope is the realm of imagination. Yeah. It's the realm of dreaming. Yeah. You know, hope brings, hope imagines what has not yet come into form. Hmm. And so that whole, you know, that all those stirrings that we have sometimes about, you know, I want my life to be different. I want my life to be better. I want to be doing more creative work or more purposeful work, but I don't even have any idea how that's going to happen yet. Those those inklings, those stirrings start with hope. That so, belongs yeah. to the, the realm of have hope. What do I want and what is possible? What are my wildest dreams? Let, let yourself have you know, because it's your imagination, it's in you. What's your wildest dream? Why not? That's right. And the the dis- and I make a distinction in these seven principles between have hope and the next one, spark fire, because a lot of times people's people will dash another's hopes, yeah, or your hopes yeah. get dashed because they say, "Oh, that's silly." That you that's can't just, do, Sharon. You can't do that. That's right. You're just dreaming because you don't yet have a strategy, or you don't yet have a way for that that inspiration to take form. Doesn't mean that. It's not the very thing that's going to lead you. You know, people who are involved in, um, in political and societal struggle for years and years and years 
have to keep renewing hope. Yes. They have to keep renewing hope all the time just to move forward yes. or just to hold patience. Patience belongs to the realm of have hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the, it is patience is not waiting. It's a quality of waiting because you can wait very impatiently, right? Yeah. But to be able to wait patiently allows you to keep renewing hope and it has to be renewed absolutely it's it's like light air it's like hope hope is light and it lifts and it diffuses unless it's renewed absolutely we, we are talking with learning today from uh, a wonderful life strategist sharon Weil. You can, uh, you can go right now to her website, SharonWildAuthor.com. In fact, if you do that, you can get a free mini-book guide, What's Your Changeability? And, uh, we're, we're talking to her today, so I hope you will stay with our conversation as we continue to talk changeability with Sharon Wild today on Strategies. Stay right where you are. Welcome back. Welcome back into Strategies for Living. I'm marriage and family therapist David McMillan with Sharon Weil today. Her uh, great books, Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change, and also the Changeability Playbook. I, I noticed that you had workbook on here and you marked out work and put play. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, wouldn't we rather play than work? Amen. Amen, sister. Uh, this is how to navigate your own change, and you can find you can find changeability and the changeability play book wherever you buy books, and I hope you will because I think uh, I think these are important books for you to uh, to have. You can also go to SharonWildAuthor.com. And uh, I like that you've got a guide right there. So even before they go get the book, they can download a free mini book guide. And it helps navigate change in, in your life. It, it, gets, it gets you inspired. It's got writing prompts. And it's based on these seven principles that we've talked about, right? Yeah, we're all about just helping people find more flexibility and effectiveness and creativity in meeting the changes in their lives. And so however I can offer that to people, I want to do that. Now, you talk to all kinds of people. Um, I mean, wow. Uh, you talk to Fred, who is a movement artist. You talk to Tom, who is a psychologist turned ma magician. magician. <laughs> I like that. Well, they, you know, he and his wife, uh, Janet, do amazing work. They go into refugee camps all over the world. Wow. People who have really lost hope. Talk about, you know, the element of have hope, um, who have lost hope. You know, children who've been born into this, who've never known anything but a ref. And we're talking about giant refugee camps, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. And they perform magic. Wow. And they perform magic as a way of inspiring hope hmm. and hmm. recognizing that 
something something beyond what your limited imagination is telling you right now is possible. Yeah. Now, granted, these are magic tricks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But his message, and because he is a psychologist, his message is very much intended to inspire hope and um, and bring humor. Yeah. Bring humor, which brings me back to the last, the seventh principle, which we didn't cover before the break, because humor belongs in there as well, mm. um, which is spark fire. Yeah. yeah. And spark fire speaks to courage, passion, eros, playfulness. It really speaks to what is your compelling reason why? What is your reason for wanting to make this change or having to make this change? All right, now, so we could get incited by even things like anger, right? Absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, it could be anger. It could be, we could be, our fear in some way could compel us forward. I'm going to make a distinction here. I'm going to say that fear does not compel us forward. Okay. That fear actually stops us. It arrests us. But something comes, something burns through passion, courage, love for somebody or something or an idea that will burn through the fear and allow us to move through the fear. I like that. I like looking at it that way because yeah, abs- I think you're absolutely right. Fear absolutely stops us. It's not our friend. It's, it's, it's well, so... Let's get into resistance to change, right? Okay. Because all resistance to change is just many different faces of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of the unknown, whether it's procrastination, whether it's denial, whether it's, um, you know, flat-out fear of making a mistake. A lot of people have a fear of making a mistake, and they won't make a change just because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake and whatever shame, humiliation, embarrassment – whatever, you know, comes along with that, but that, that our resistance comes from fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, biologically speaking, resistance is necessary and it's helpful. You know, resistance comes in when something is moving too fast, too yeah. much, too soon, right? But what we and need to do, Sharon, is we need to dissolve that resistance that impede, impedes my movement towards change, don't I? That's right. We need to dissolve it, but we also need to acknowledge sometimes that the purpose of resistance. Yeah. You know, it helps me to understand, oh, I'm being resistant because this is just moving too fast. You know, sometimes people's difficulty with making change isn't the change itself. It's the speed of the change. I don't don't want to get into politics or anything. I don't want to get on your or my soapbox here but just i will but go go ahead (laughs) broadly is that what we're seeing if we back up and i mean you know is that what we're seeing right now are we seeing perhaps the resistance the culmination of this on a larger level that perhaps has been going on my almost i guess my entire lifetime i'm 60 years old so and i'm thinking about my young years and Kennedy and Camelot and then the assassination and then uh, Abraham, uh, I mean, I'm I'm thinking Abraham, Martin, and John, but I'm thinking Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy and, and, and I'm, you know, 
and I back up from that, and I think I'm looking at Ronald Reagan, and I'm looking at Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter and Richard Nixon and all that followed Camelot, you know, through today. And are we see is, is if I back up enough, is is this what we're really seeing? Well, just like we were saying that change does not move in a straight line. Yeah. You know, it swings back and forth and certainly politically and you know, when when we're talking about political change, social change, these are changes that are like move like a large ship. You know, it's hard to turn them, it takes a lot to turn them. Anyone who works for a government agency yeah. <laughs> or in a in a deeply entrenched uh, institution yeah. understands that the change that happens there is very slow but it does swing and we look at you know a uh, you know a republican president gets elected and then it swings to a democratic democrat yeah. and then it yeah. swings and it swings and it swings and certainly you know, certain people will say that this election, you know, came about because people were demanding change. They were not happy with the way things were, whether they were supporting Bernie on one side or whether they were supporting Trump on the other side. They were asking for a change. Yeah. But I don't know if they were asking for this change. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back. Let's uh, you, you have in the in the playbook. There is uh, how to develop changeability, and yes. we you you've touched on one of the one of the things already. Let's come back and go there. Can we do that? Absolutely. All right, we are talking. We're talking to a great life strategist today, Sharon Wild. Changeability and the Changeability Playbook. Stay with us. Welcome back in. Welcome back into Strategies for Living. I'm marriage and family therapist David McMillan with Sharon Wild as our life strategist today. The Changeability Playbook, How to Navigate Change and Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change. She is Sharon Wild, and you can, uh, you can find her online SharonWildAuthor.com, and um, you can get a lot of information on her website. It's excellent, but I hope you won't stop there. I hope you will uh, get these two books. They're important. You know, I was thinking, we were chatting in, in between segments here. I, going back to, uh, you know, change, I couldn't help thinking that from the moment, from the very moment of our beginning, adaptability and integration is important. Sperm meets egg and then develops within the womb through uh, to birth. And it's all about how that, uh, that cell begins to divide, develop its adaptability and its integration. It's, the, it's an adaptable process and an integration process from the very start of us, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And we are far more mutable in our beings than we than we ever know. You mm. know, I have for the last 25 years been a teacher of a very profound somatic practice called continuum, yes. which is based on the premise that we are 
primarily made of fluids that were, you know, 75, 80% water. Yeah. And that it's the fluids in our bodies that are the agents of change. Mm. And that we really are more mutable, adaptable than we know. But there are things that, and you as a therapist know this very well, there are things that impede our adaptability, trauma, yes, shock, yes, you know, um, uh, ways of thinking, right? Yeah. Concretized ways of thinking that keep us from our natural ability to be able to, like you say, adapt and integrate. And when we talk about change, you know, there are two spectrums uh, of speed of change that people have difficulty with. One is when 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 change is moving way too fast. And the other is when change is moving way too slow and they become yeah. impatient and sometimes uh, desperate yeah. because nothing is nothing seems to be moving. And, um, you know, how ca- it helps to locate yourself. It helps to locate yourself in the nature of the change that you're in right so, now. So you're starting with here's how to develop changeability. You've got to locate. You've got to locate yourself and the nature of the change you're in and i love the what you 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 start the uh i mean it's big red letters right at the front of the playbook uh why have you picked up this book yeah right what what are you dreaming where are you stuck and what are you hoping to change and then we flip the page a couple of pages and here's how to develop changeability first you locate you locate yourself in the change and you locate the nature of the change you're in and then you were talking about this one last segment the second thing is to dissolve right yes we dissolve we dissolve our resistance to um to uh to the changes that are coming and sometimes it's very difficult i'm not saying that it's easy but oftentimes we've developed a habitual resistance response you know, I ask people, what is, what's the first word that comes to you when you um, think about a change? So I'm going to ask you, David, mm. so what's the, what, what word do you use to meet change? Uh, right now in my life, love. <laughs> this is the first, it's the first word that comes into my mind. But well, I've got to be honest with you, Sharon. Uh, hadn't, you know, uh, even six months ago, I would not have said that word. And love is, is, is a wonderful way to dissolve anything, to Hmm. dissolve fear and to make it more spacious. Well, if you were to ask me, what's the word that I use? I'm asking. No. 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 (laughs) No. No. And sometimes hell no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the habitual response. And I talked to a friend of mine who's a improvisational actress and her response is yes and Mm. because that's her training in improv you know whatever the situation is that comes to you you have to meet it with yes and what's next yeah and so you know and i'm writing about change and i still recognize that i often meet the moment first with no and then i go okay what else I go, no, and She may say, yes, Anne, but I say, no, Anne, but at least I get to the and. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so, so right, so we want to dissolve whatever is in the way of meeting the change as it is, right? I just wrote down, you know, life is improv. 
and and and, and 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 yes and from your friend but what we usually do is no but that's right <laughs> Yeah. It's it's yes and versus no but. <laughs> right, and just even when you say those words, you can feel the energy that's in them. Yeah. You know, yes and is completely open, and no no but makes it just a tiny little opening. Yeah, so we got to get we we got to get off our butt. That's right. We got to get off our butt. Yeah. You are right. Yeah. So and, then we locate, we dissolve, then we align. Right? Yes, we align with the existing movement of change. And here's, this is, you know, because I come from this somatic background, um, I look at all change as the movement of change because change is moving all the time. So what is going to allow me to recognize what is this, the movement of this change right now and how can I align with it? How can I move in the direction it's moving rather than creating resistance to it. And then I step in. I step into the change. I don't want to be dragged by it. I want to no. step into it. Right. Yeah. Right. And aligning with the movement of change doesn't necessarily mean I have to like it, like going back to, you know, politics here. I don't like some of the things that are going on in, you know, that are coming out of Washington. I, you know, I, 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 we got to take a break, but I want, can we start right there when we come back? Yes. Let's start right there because I think this is important. What you just said, you don't have to like it. And I use this with couples all the time. Let, let's start there. Can we? Okay. Okay. Yes, uh-huh. Sharon Wild, Changeability and the Changeability Playbook is what we're discussing, learning, talking about, turning over today on strategies because that's what we do. We'll be back. Hope you come back and do it with us. So welcome back. Welcome back into Strategies for Living as we navigate through change today. Yeah, change. Sharon Weil, she's written a great little book called Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change. Of course, she is the acclaimed author of uh, Donnie and Ursula, Save the World. And uh, then you also want to get the Changeability Playbook, How to Navigate Your Own Change. Important stuff. And you can find it at your favorite bookseller. You can go to Shannon Wild author.com and uh, continue the conversation with her so we you know you were making such an important point and we ran out of time in the last segment so i want to get back to it sharon um i talk to couples all the time that it's so and and we it's i guess it's human nature we don't really we that resistance thing is um you know we don't really listen to each other truly deeply listen and and i make the point with couples often you can learn how to really hear each other to the point where you can mirror one another you can mirror back you can listen that deeply and then go further uh put yourself in the other person's shoes so that you can truly understand where they're coming from and and you can do that 
to the extent that you can validate them. Wow, if, if, I, if I've got that right, then you must feel this way. And then the person, you know, feel. If you can, if you can listen so deeply that you know how another person feels, then that's validation, and that person feels heard. And, Sharon, you can do all of that without agreeing with the other person. Absolutely. You know, to recognize that, um, you know, how how this person feels or what their experience is or what their um, perception of the world or of the situation is doesn't mean that you have to agree with it, but your ability to to open enough to really appreciate it. And just like, you know, with the nature of change, there are a lot of changes that come that, that you're just not going to like. Right, right. You know, a cancer diagnosis. Not going to like a, that. Yeah. A breakup of a marriage. Not going to like that. Yeah. You lost your job. Not going to like downsized. that. But right. so many like times, it. but so many times, even a cancer diagnosis turns out to be obviously life-changing. And sometimes people start living very differently. A lot healthier, yeah. If you listen deeply to some of the um, factors of your life that may have contributed to this, and a lot of times, you know, overworking and not attending yourself enough, attending your health enough, perhaps how you eat, you know, these are all things that, that you can perhaps change. And you may not like the change, but you do have to acknowledge that it's happening. We're talking here about, you know, aligning with change and right. stepping in. You do have to – being in denial doesn't help anything except it forestalls the inevitable and sometimes takes you out of a more advantageous timing for doing something. Like Absolutely. if you have a serious illness and you're, you know – your uh, denial, 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 you may miss the window for treatment, for yep. instance. Yep. Um, and so so um, accepting that change is happening. You don't have to like it, but you do have to accept it in order to find ways to meet it. There is so much here, and we've got a little over three minutes left. I uh, can't believe that. We need, we need a, another three four hours but but but, uh there's so much in the book changeability there's so much in the workbook the playbook changeability playbook in a in about the three minutes we've got left what do we need to what would you tell us what would you share with us as a wonderful life strategist that you've been today for us that we that, that we need to take away from here sharon well, to recognize that change is moving all the time and it's never not changing is actually a very helpful understanding mm. because when you go, oh, my gosh, I'm in the middle of change. Well, you're always in the middle of changes. Yeah. Sometimes you like them better than others. Yeah. And sometimes they stack up on top of each other. Right. But because change is moving all the time, what's really needed is to develop a way of of moving with the movement of change, that it's not a good strategy to hunker down and plant your feet and, you know, create a wall of resistance to the movement of change, but rather find a way to meet the movement of change with your own movement. Right. There's a phrase in the book that says, navigating change is the new stability, Hmm. meaning that the idea of stability as being anchored is no longer applicable to the world that we live in. 
to find a moving stability, a stability that is that is shifting supports all the time, but that you can rely on these supports in a moving sort of way is the key now to, I think, living in in our world, in our time. Yeah. And uh, there's been so much written lately about living in the now, staying mm-hmm. in the now. And this aligns with that, I think, fully. Yeah. Absolutely. Being present. And how do I be present? You know, I feel my breath. I feel myself sitting in the chair. I look around me. I take in, you know, I take in my setting. I watch that running tape that goes in my mind, right? And I kind of try to bring it back, bring it back to my breath, bring it back to my body as a way of being present because when I'm present, perhaps I can see, you know, I can see the whole 360, right? right? right. All around me, which is, again, what's necessary to have um, real responsiveness. Absolutely. Because it's going to change. Absolutely. It's going to change. The guarantee. Change again. The only guarantee in life is exactly yeah. that. It's change. That's I it. wish we had another four hours, and you got to come back. You got to come back and do this again. You got to be a. You got to sign up to be a, a, a life strategist again for us, Sharon. Why? Anytime, anytime. I'm happy to. The book is called Changeability. It's how artists, activists, and awakeners navigate through change, and its excellent counterpart, Changeability Playbook. How to Navigate Your Own Change. Now, online, uh, com, and you can, just as soon as you finish the show here, you can jump online and that site and begin to continue the conversation with Sharon Weil, and I hope you'll do that. We'll come back and wrap up our conversation today with our life strategist, Sharon Weil, here on Strategies for Living. Be right back. Sharon Weil, an hour felt like about five minutes with you. <laughs> I can't give you a better compliment than that, I don't think. And 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 these books, wow. Folks, you got to go get them. Sharon, thank you. Thank you for the books. Thank you for being a great life strategist today. Oh, David, it's, it's my, absolutely my pleasure. Folks, go get Changeability and the Changeability Playbook wherever you buy books. If you enjoyed our conversation with Sharon Weil, we'll know we do conversations like this each and every time we do Strategies for a Living. Come back and join us. Often, tell your friends about us. That's the way we grow here on Strategies for Living and StrategiesForLiving.com. If today were the last day of your life, you only have one more phone call to make, who would you call? What would you say? And why are you waiting? Make the call for Sharon Weil. I'm marriage and family therapist David McMillan. See you next time on Strategies for Living.